Hello, fabulous friends, and welcome to the Booked and Blessed podcast. I'm your host, Carissa, and my goal is to get you booked and feeling blessed. I am so thrilled to have you all here listening today, and I thought, since it's the first ever episode of Booked and Blessed, that it would only be appropriate for the topic of the episode to be, who the heck am I, and why should you care? I can't necessarily tell you why you should care, but I can tell you about all of my expertise, which has brought me to this point in my career, and I would love to share all of the things that I've learned over my years of performing with you so that you don't have to learn the hard way like I did. Okay, so who the heck am I? Well, as you may already know, my name is Carissa, as I said at the beginning of this episode. I am 25 years old. I am a singer, actor, and uh, I would consider myself a strong mover, not necessarily a danza, but I respect the crap out of dancers because y'all really be doing that. Aside from that, I have been wanting to start this podcast for about two years now, but life has gotten in the way and mostly being on contracts and being super busy and once I get home from doing, you know, three, four, five shows a day at a theme park or whatever it may be, I'm super exhausted and had no motivation to actually do this. So now I'm between contracts, between jobs, and I figured it was the perfect time. What else am I doing? I live in Pennsylvania. It is cold as, cold as ever, cold as Elsa's fingers out there. Oh, that was so gross. Okay, I hated every part of that. Um, But I'm inside. And I'm doing nothing but submitting for auditions, which also in and of itself is a lot of work. But I thought, why not share all the things that I'm doing at home, submitting for these auditions and preparing for these auditions with people who could also use some tips and tricks. I came from some very humble beginnings, let me tell you. So I went to a performing arts high school from my sophomore to my senior year, graduated, uh, which was a great experience. Some of my best friends from high school, we would call it daycare, but I learned so much about audition techniques, about just reading music in general, classical voice, which really laid down the foundation and the groundwork for what I do now. And I cannot stress enough how important learning classical music and the basics of music is to being able to apply that and singing any and every style under the sun. In short, vocal pedagogy is your friend, which is why for college, I auditioned for Temple University's vocal performance program as well as their musical theater program, and I was one of 15 applicants and auditionees accepted into Temple's vocal performance program for classical voice. And believe it or not, I was rejected by their musical theater program, which I learned, I see now that I'm older and more objective. I made so many mistakes going into that audition, hence why I don't blame them for saying no. Uh, we'd rather not have you as part of our student body in this specific major. But that is why I'm here to help you all out if you have college auditions coming up. 
I almost forgot to mention that while going to my performing arts high school, I was also grabbing and snatching up any and every opportunity to perform that I could. So that included things like uh, districts and county choruses where you have to audition to be part of them, um, any musicals that my high school was putting on, touring choir, uh, and I also was taking private lessons, and my school would also do these really awesome things called vocalist cafes, where you would audition with a song that you wanted to sing, and one of the teachers would be running it, and if he thought that you were fit and would do a really great job and people would enjoy your song that you were singing, he would put you in, and it was, anybody could come. It was a venue in the community, which was everybody was basically fighting each other to be in Vocalist Cafe because it was so much fun and such a good vibe. Highly recommend. So if you are still in high school and you're looking to pursue performing after graduation, I recommend that you try to be involved in every single opportunity to perform no matter how small because you learn something from every performance every time you get that audience feedback, every time that you're put in the position where all eyes are on you, it all adds up to the performer that you will eventually be and the best version of yourself as a performer. I hate to break it to you guys, but I only lasted one whole semester as a vocal performance student singing classical music. And that's not because I didn't love it, or because I wasn't any good at it, it's because I not only couldn't afford it, <laughs> but I realized that classical music ultimately was not what I wanted to do or pursue. And my biggest nightmare would be waking up after graduation day and saying, okay, so now I spent the four years, I'm in tens of thousands of dollars worth of debt, and what can I do with this degree? I can teach? That's not ultimately what I want to do. And the more I thought about it, and <laughs> I was pretty miserable that one semester at college, I'm not going to lie. It just wasn't the life for me, but I am so grateful that I got to experience college life because if I hadn't, I know that I would have always regretted it. But because I went did it, did the thing for a semester, realized it wasn't for me, also realized that my performing arts high school prepared me so much more than I thought it did. When we would have to get up and sing in English diction class in front of our peers and the freshmen and other people that were also going to school for music and singing, I realized how advanced I was and I realized I don't need a classical voice degree to pursue being a performer, which was so freeing to me. And I am forever grateful that I listened to my intuition and I listened in and took stock of how I was feeling in that moment and said, you know what? I'm going to branch off and I'm going to forge my own way because <laughs> that was the best decision I could have ever made and what has brought me here today. So I can tell you from experience, if you are someone who is a junior or a senior in high school, you're coming up to graduation, you're applying for all of these college auditions and you're scared because you know what a big financial burden college is 
but you know that you want to be a performer. And I can tell you firsthand that if you go to these very reputable musical theater schools, especially the ones that I looked into in New York, you're going to be spending, I hate to say it, but most likely way more money on tuition than you will ever make as a performer unless you get on to Broadway or you go into screen acting and, and you make it big. So I urge you to really reflect and say, do I think that my skills are at a level where I can start auditioning and working professionally or uh, just even working in community theaters and building your resume and taking dance classes and taking voice lessons and taking acting lessons and then applying for professional jobs instead of all of this money that you're going to put towards a college tuition and at the end of the day that's just one line on your resume saying oh I went to Pace or I went to I don't know I went to AMDA whatever it may be just just think about that you don't need to go to college to be a performer and to get paid really well and if you think about okay what gigs will I get with this school on my resume maybe you'll get a little bit of a higher paying job but at what cost because you're still paying back all that debt just some food for thought okay enough of the finances that's boring so after i left that one semester of college i started working professionally at a local dinner theater near my house and it was my first book musical that i was paid to do ever in my life and i am so grateful to them i've actually worked at that theater in maybe five maybe four, five, maybe six shows at this point, because whenever I'm between big contracts, I know I can always reach out to them because I have left, my, my reputation precedes me, you know, because they know that I do the work and I deliver, which we should all be doing. We'll talk about that in a later episode, but I can always reach out to them and say, hey, just so you know, I'm in town from this date to this date or for the foreseeable future. And if you need me, reach out. And sometimes they do and I'm available and sometimes they do and I'm not available anymore. And sometimes they don't reach out, but it's always nice to have a place that feels like home. And the people that work there have become friends and they're so lovely, but okay, besides the point. My first professional job, not in a book show, was at a local theme park, believe it or not. I think I was 14 or 15 years old, I was still in high school, and I was a clown for their Halloween haunt. <laughs> not much has changed, no, I'm just kidding, <laughs> kind of. But then I progressed and I started working there during the summers with the costume characters, and I ended up being part of their children's shows. And that was a reliable professional job where I was gaining performance experience every summer, which was great because I was still in high school, again, putting putting some more, some more lines on that resume, if you would, and making connections that were absolutely invaluable. We'll talk more about theme park work specifically in another episode because it is its own monster, let me tell you. One thing that I will say about theme park work is that it has allowed me to not only travel overseas and abroad, but travel to different states in the U.S. that I never thought I would ever see or let alone live in for any extended period of time. So as, as hard as it can be and as taxing as it can be doing theme park work, 
I will say that it has its perks and that it teaches you stamina and it teaches you how to maintain and preserve your energy to be able to pr provide the same performance three and four and five times a day. But we will, we will be talking about all the ways to book a theme park job, all of the different opportunities within theme parks, and all of the things. We'll, just, we'll discuss all the things in a future episode, don't you worry. So to sum all of that up, I have theme park experience both in the States and abroad. I have dinner theater experience, community theater experience, and last but not least, I just returned from my very first cruise ship contract, which I have wanted to do since I left school in 2016. I had it on my vision board that I wanted to do a performance contract on a cruise ship and it came to fruition and that is always the best feeling. So I can't wait to have an episode where I can tell you all of the things to expect on your first cruise ship performance contract. Now we're going to get to the good stuff. How can I and all of my experiences help you? All right, so as you can tell, <laughs> I had to learn a lot of things the hard way. I have a really great anecdote about this, actually. So the first New York City audition I ever attended, I was a senior in high school. Picture it, 2015. I was a senior in high school. No headshot. Everything on my resume was community theater or something having to do with school. I take my best friend, Anna Lee, we board the train, <laughs> we go to the big city, we get to Ripley Greer Studios, we are numbers 350-something on the list, along with all of these other girls, and we sit in a hallway until they tell us, based on our, they were typing people out based on their headshots, by the hundred, so they said the three hundreds won't be until this time. We sit in that hallway for hours just for them to tell us we've been typed out. And I can't say I'm surprised because I brought with me a senior portrait as my headshot. And I, I bet you're wondering, well, Anna Lee must have done better, right? She, she must have had a professional photo. Oh, no, no, my friends. What did Anna Lee bring with her but a Sapia selfie? And it wasn't supposed to be in the Sapia filter. It just happened to be that way because her printer was running out of ink. So, as I said, I have had to learn things the hard way. And even better yet, it was not an excused absence. I tried to say, oh, well, isn't auditioning and real-world experience an excuse to leave school? It was still educational. And they were like, absolutely not, honey. So... That was that. <laughs> so my goal is to make you never have to endure things like that. But hey, it was a learning experience and we all have our first New York audition experience that is unforgettable, to say the least. In instances such as that, it just goes to show that sometimes the industry standards aren't apparent until you're already in it. And once you're in it, you can look back on the things that you used to do or when you started out you thought oh this will be fine and you go that looked so bad <laughs> it 
why did I ever in a million years think that I would even get in the room? So that's another reason I can help you. I can show you what is and is not the industry standard. I can help you start your career on the right foot so that you can know what's expected and what's an industry faux pas. Therefore, I can help you waste less time getting to your goals. And hopefully I can be a resource for not only booking the job, but sustaining your body, your mind, and especially your energy while you're performing on a long contract. Because let me tell you, you can get real run down and real burnt out doing the same show X amount of times a day, a week, or the same shows. Even even if it's multiple shows, you do that for six months and it's like, oh, I'd rather do anything else. I just want to expand my horizons and not feel like I'm stuck in Groundhog Day, which is a musical. <laughs> so yes, I can help you in keeping everything fresh on long, hard contracts. I can give you all of the tips and tricks that I learned, not only about performing, but about growth mindset, about the law of attraction, the nomadic lifestyle that usually comes with this industry, and how minimalism can make every facet of this career so much easier. Let me tell you, once I adopted that way of thinking, living out of two suitcases was much easier to handle. We'll just say that. I can also, well, one of my goals in this podcast is to foster a welcoming community of artists and creatives to uplift each other and make us all be the best and most authentic versions of ourselves. I believe that community should be, I believe in community over competition any day of the week. And I also want the community of support and friends and unity <laughs> to help all of us with the nature of rejection in this industry and to help you understand that it's not necessarily about you or your talents, whether or not you get booked. We're all in this together. We're all going through the same, the same burnout, the same stress of auditioning, the same everything. We're all like, what's the next job? What's the next job? What's the next job? We all have family at the holidays asking, so what's next? What are you doing? We all get it. We are in the same boat. We do not live a traditional life. And therefore, it's great to have other people who understand and recognize your experience around you because it can be few and far between. It's always better to have people in your corner who have different talents so that you can recognize that we all have a different skill set and other people get cast because they have the skill set that the people behind the table who are casting the show, they have a vision in their mind of what they want that character to be and that person might have that toolkit, whereas you have a different toolkit which is just as good as the other performer's toolkit, except they just fix different things and they fix different problems that the casting directors have. Wow. Sometimes I am, I blow myself away with these metaphors. Mm -mm -mm. All right. So I've answered who the heck am I and why should you care? And now I think the only other information I really have for you is what you can expect in future episodes of this podcast. So one thing I would adore is if you could send in any questions you may have or any any 
burning inquiries so that I can directly address any of your concerns, give the advice to the source for specific, specific questions you have or specific problems you're having, things you don't understand about the industry. So question and answer segments. Another thing that I would love to do is have guests on and do some interviews. I am so blessed to have some of the best performer friends, but not only performer friends. My circle also includes directors, people who were both performers or are performers, but also work behind the table. Um, I have people who've done screen work and lived in LA. So we have people from all walks of life. And I think that's so important to bring on the pod so that I can ask them questions and you can see what is the perspective of someone behind the table? What are they looking for when people are auditioning? What is a director looking for the first time that they have a rehearsal with a new cast and they're working with them versus, oh, this person's also a performer. Are they between jobs? What are they auditioning for? If they have a job, what is the job? Where is it? What do they do at that job? And is that something that I would like to do? Or is that something that my toolbox would also be able to fix? Ha ha, bringing it back around. And obviously we will have episodes dedicated to theme park work, to cruise ship work. We can do book book musicals if you want, community theater. Um, we can do dinner theaters if you'd like. We can do episodes about what to bring on your first contract, depending on what the contract is. Because trust me, I have overpacked so many times and I can tell you the things that I have used and have absolutely not used and have just been nothing but an overweight baggage fee. So I think that that's also very helpful. (laughs) That's all I've got for this week. So next Monday, we will be talking all about the art of the live audition. And then the week after that, we'll be talking about self-tapes and online submissions, which have taken over in our post-COVID world, understandably. They all have different aspects to them that I had to learn as I went along, especially the self-tapes. There was definitely a learning curve. So I can tell you all the things that I use when I make a self-tape because it's a process. Anyway, if you want to tune in to episodes like that, give me a rating, a review, and make sure you subscribe so that you're one of the first people to know when the new episode drops every Monday. I hope that you have the best week and that this episode left you feeling hashtag blessed, baby. I'll see you guys next week, same place, same time.